Right, so hello, Nevin, hello. we have another guest on. Hello. Hello. Uh, Who have we got? We've got a very talented artist, actually. <laughs> so cheesy. I mean, you, you, you always want to go this way. You said <laughs> introducer. Um, so we've got Royal Scottish Academy Award winner, uh, Louisa. Hello, Ooh. lovely to meet you. Fancy. Hi, guys. Nice to meet you both. Nice to meet you. So um, the, the, the context of this is that we kind of like to explore different people's backgrounds and what they've been involved in and mm-hmm. kind of bring to our kind of podcast how they've got to the stage they are like what's inspired them so on and so forth so it's going to be like just quite a relaxed chat with you um so just maybe for like the audience like we like give a brief description of like what you do at the moment and what's what's got you to this place um as an artist and like how you create such amazing pictures on your instagram and stuff like that Love it. Thanks, guys. Um, basically, uh, my, my name's Louisa Schmalke, and I'm an architectural illustrator, designer, and artist. I studied architecture at the University of Dundee, and I was always far more interested in the kind of art, artistic aspects of it, the kind of, you know, how something appears, how you communicate a design, like that kind of stuff that was far more interesting to me than like how a building actually stood up type things. So um, up until the pandemic, I was living and working in Scotland but I was trying to leave to New York I had a job there and then a uh, lockdown Ru- happened ruined everything and I that get there and so yeah it really kind of got in the way so I was like right what was a gal to do with this kind of time given to her and obviously everyone had employment embargoes so you can I couldn't just go back to an architecture job which would have been like my automatic response instead I was like right well I'm gonna finally do like an art Instagram which was always the thing and I'm going to set up a website so I started with those two things and then that's when I kind of basically became a full-time artist and I set up my own business and then I started selling work online and then as of December this year last year (laughs) yeah last year I started full-time as an artist at Foster and Partners down in London so I'm working there full-time and I'm also running my business um still uh, in the evenings and on weekends and that is me right up to date guys do you not do you not think it's quite like amazing that like i know covid's a really bad thing but covid's pretty much what like stimulated you and like promoted you to like follow your dreams in the sense of like i'm guessing you maybe always wanted to be an artist and because you spoke about um like you, you didn't really care about the elements of how a building stood up by the way like my friend is an architect, so I always thought that that's like art, art, architects were the ones who drew the nice pictures and made it look beautiful. That's and me. then the structural engineer would come in and fix it. <laughs> no, there are so many architects, trust me. There were so many guys in my year and like that I've known ever since. And they, they do the complete opposite of me within architecture. They're the ones that are interested in the actual like structural, you know, aspects of it. Where And you can be, you can do both. Whereas I was just always more interested in how to actually, you know, get something across to the client or like to present something for a competition. Now, mainly in my old job, I was doing a lot of competition work and it was just basically how to get across the stuff that the, basically the plan, the planning yeah. people were designing and then actually make it look cute as hell. And that's what I was doing. Um, so I've always just preferred that. It's kind of like the grand designs ones because like, uh, actually like I wanted to do architecture and ironically I got put off because it was seven years. I was like, I'm not going to uni for seven years. I kind of low-key like liked that though. Cause for uh, seven years I was like, right, well, I don't need to like be an adult until that seventh year. Yeah, ironically, I went to uni for seven years anyway, so, I mean... Ah, uh, what are you going to do? Plus sides and negatives, but... Uh, so that put me off, but, like, I always was always inspired by, like, 
the grand designs and stuff. I wanted to kind of design my own house and have a moat was always my dream. Wow. Don't know why. What are you afraid That's of? That's quite niche. <laughs> what, the, very the, niche. The, the moat or the, the grand designs? The moat. The moat. <laughs> yeah. well, everyone, like, everyone in architecture joined architecture because of grand designs. It really is. The right, moat, okay, fair the enough. moat was unusual. Yeah, so the moat was like, uh, I thought it was quite a nice take on it. So like I used to spend loads of my time like like doing all these like different bits of art and stuff in school. My mum was so like behind me to get to get me to like be an artist. She always thought I was really good. I don't think I am personally, but mum's gonna You'll promote have to you, send me some of your pics and I'll be really honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally not drawn since I was like fifteen, so it'd be terrible. She's got it on the wall though to be fair. She's oh, got place. it on the wall. But like see like you've got your art behind you there. Um what like inspires you to do like that kind of design? Has that always been your style? Because you, you said because I've seen you do like uh, the drawings of like I think it was Manhattan and like the Brooklyn Bridge yeah. and stuff like that. So that's like quite a technical drawing, I guess. Not really known. So the te- yeah, the, the technical side comes from uh, the architecture school years, where basically you had like a black pen and you had paper and you, everything was just black and white. Everything was like speed drawing, sketching, like technical detail drawings, but uh, before that when I was at school I studied portraiture so I actually my background in art was actually all bodies Mm -hmm. which is mad because I don't do bodies whatsoever because I'm actually not that good at the thing that I love the most which is bodies which is just bizarre uh, because everyone tends to like kind of thrive on the thing that they are probably the best at whereas I actually kind of enjoy the black and white uh, architectural commissions I do like a lot and they're they're a lot of the commissions are architectural ones and then the abstract ones which are the ones that are behind me um they kind of were birthed in covid and i think it was because of the fact that i wanted to i had this platform i had instagram i had a website and i had a lot of like black and white kind of grungy like stuff i i was just doing stuff i'd always known how to do and I was like, oh, God, I really just want to exper- experiment with colour and abstract stuff. Because, you know, you just, you're literally like, I've got so much spare time now. I actually could just do it. So I literally got bright coloured stuff. Not as bright as that. It was more like golds and things like that. And I just started, like, playing with them on paper. And I think it was really important to me was the fact that all my materials I already had from years gone by casually doing art so I wasn't paying for it so for me it was no skin off my back to literally just throw paint down and see what yeah. happens because I already owned mm-hmm. I owned all the material for it that's actually why I started creating abstract pieces and then they ended up being a hit online and I was like what so was it social media so you when you put them up they got loads yeah. of likes you got yeah. like loads of follows and that's yeah. what kind of like I just all of a sudden the algorithm was different last year not to be that bitch that goes into algorithms on Instagram but I will it's when I started properly la- uh, last April um I reached thousands of people so quickly it was actually without trying it was very mm-hmm. easy you just use hashtags mm-hmm. yeah. and you added people that was literally the game and it was it was actually quite easy up until August 2020 and then they changed it massively changed it and slowed it right down so all the small businesses that had started in covid couldn't you know just keep racking up all these numbers and it wasn't necessarily because none of us like these new businesses it's just the fact there were so many of them so instagram must have changed something i don't know but the the fact of the matter was when i started uploading these abstract pieces i got such a positive response in them and i was like i think it's just because everyone was looking for something happy and fun and and I think everyone was in that same headspace, and even I was. I wasn't even wanting to be that technical with it because 
everyone's technical on their day job everyone was sitting working from home maybe it was just yeah. fun to see some color and i've been getting progressively more colorful as the days have gone on but my color theory is very weak as an artist it is not my thing i'm a black and white girl did you do it with the intention of well this might be a new avenue of becoming an artist as a as a job or did you do it with like i just quite enjoy it no that was not that was i'll tell you why this is a funny story so i well obviously was living with my parents because um i literally had to right and uh, they were like oh we're thinking of getting a dog and i was like oh this would be so class like a puppy around the house here we go and then they were and then they were like we're gonna get a boxer and i was like (laughs) oh my goodness i actually can i really don't like boxers and like i love I love puppies. Everyone loves puppies, yeah. right? But I was like, I just really don't like boxers. What are you going to do? Everyone's got their own taste, right? And they were like, nah, we're getting, we're adamant, we're getting one. And I was like, right, geez, if I'm going to live with a chaotic like boxer, I'm going to have to get out. I'm just going to have to like move into a flat or move to London finally. I don't know, move somewhere. So I literally, that day that they announced they were getting this boxer, I was like, right, I'm going online. And I hadn't sent out a CV or a portfolio well, in years, I guess. And then I just sent a few out and I saw this job at Foster and Partners to be an artist. And I obviously, Foster and Partners is an architecture firm and I obviously know it, um, but it like never thought that they would ever reply to me. And, you know, within a few days, interview had happened, job was there, it was done. And I was like, right, I'm moving to London. And then we had the second lockdown and now I'm back here. And I love the boxer more than life. She's my best friend. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen her in the pictures actually. Like, She's know, precious. You're amazing I space evil. that you've got there for like all the art. Like it looks like a tranquil part of, I don't know, New York. Like that's look, that, that absolutely looks beautiful. And so, so can I ask, what does a job as an artist entail? Because I think. Do you mean the Do you mean the one the day job or the, the evening job? Well, I suppose what's that's what I mean. The difference between them one's a formal job and one's a sort of probably the yeah. way most people would see it as a self employed doing your own yeah. thing. Yeah, tell you one thing, doing the two is. I don't know what I'm playing at. Crazy. <laughs> so the first one, the day job, which is what I'll do because I start at nine and I'm like, it's normal. It's nine till six. Basically, it's in an architecture firm. And what I do is I work with a team of concept artists and we basically communicate the design of a building or a series of buildings. And we basically draw, paint, do diagrams, just anything fun and creative that you can do. It's completely up to you Mm -hmm. what you can do to illustrate what what the building is to the client. And it's basically just a way to communicate what the hell we're actually designing. Mm -hmm. And that's that is like my day job and I absolutely love it. It's the it's the whole side of architecture that I loved. So that's good. And then when I finish at six, I go chill out for a hot minute. And then around about I would say eight PM, I was always a night owl, so I always did my own work even before I was working at Foster's I always kind of started in the afternoon evening I just I'm a night person and around about eight I tuck into all my commissions or I'm not doing any stuff for myself right now it's all commissions so basically people would reach out to me on my website my email or Instagram and they would be like hey I see that you do say it was an architectural commission I see you do you know a house on like a3 da 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 and I'll go yep here we go what size do you want um what um, medium do you want what paper do you want all that stuff we'll go over it and then i'll give them a price and then they'll be like yep and then we'll start on it and they'll basically give me all the little bits so the one that i have today that i was doing before i spoke to you guys 
was just a house in, I can't remember where it is, I think it's in North Glasgow, and um, they just had like specific like plants that they wanted in the house, they wanted a dog, so I just basically get all that information from them, they send photos, and then I like yeah. get it together in my head, and then I'll just draw it from a number of photos, a number of angles, um, and kind of like bring them all together basically, and that would be like an architectural commission. So see, 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 for, see like doing that, Mm-hmm. Like, how does it compare, like, doing it, like, the way it started was, like, a passion, like, just enjoyment to actually doing it for someone's requirements? Do, yeah. Like, how does it, like, the, the balance between, like, something that you like, have such a, a a love for? Making your hobby your job yeah, is always like, dangerous. Like, like, how do you, like, cope with that? Like, yeah, well, I do, yeah, I've got so many answers to that. But basically, because my goal and what drive, drive, drives me, drove me. It drives me crazy. Either one's fine. <laughs> it drives me to basically <laughs> just make enough money to be independent, do my own thing. So that's why I really wanted like a salary job where I could like actually be like, I can pay rent, I can do this, I can do all my stuff. Like in London, obviously, rent's a f-ing fortune. I think it's like nine hundred for where I'm going, um, and I need like something that I know is going to be stable and constant. And then I think with the you know the actual art side of it, doing the commissions. I know that there's numbers behind it. That's why I'm doing it at the end of the day. You know, the hourly rate that I charge is high because I'm like, well, if I'm, you know, spending three hours in the evening, it's not for me. It's not for my art. It's for someone else. Then, you know, your your numbers need to be higher. So I'm charging a lot more. But see, if I was to actually sit and it was the stuff that I wanted to do, a lot of the time I just like doing quick little black and white sketches of cities. And if I'm not doing that, I like doing painting bodies. So it's not actually the stuff yeah. that I actually tend to do, which is quite funny. I, I actually think I'm one of those people, I'm not actually that fussed about what the drawing or the painting is. I'm quite happy to draw, paint, whatever. Quite flexible. It's accessible. I think from like an outside point of view, like I always un- un- understood, or maybe I'm naive, I thought that you just used your inspiration and you drew these kind of abstract paintings and these uh, buildings and bridges and whatnot and people came to you to buy those ones Mm-mm. like so you sold them on etsy or something like that mm. and you just had like yeah. all your uh, like pre-established drawings paintings and people just bought them i didn't re- actually appreciate that someone would come and ask exactly what specifically what they want well i did i started that way last year so the way that you just described i actually did start so last year when i set that when I painted those abstracts that I first told you about in April 2020, I basically posted them online, saw that they received quite a lot of um, interest from people. Some people I that weren't even maybe following me and then started. I, at this point, I had 200 like followers. So like there was only my friends that were like, oh, help a gal out. So then they were like, yeah. you know, following and then they shared it and all that jazz. But anyway, so at that point I went, shall I just do a sale on my Instagram stories I had seen it done once before with someone in I don't know April or or May and I was like I'll just do it I'll just post them I posted them I put the price out there I just went that's how much go 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 I posted maybe about 25 things maybe and within an hour I I had sold 20 items and I was like right okay we're on to something and at that point I was like this is what I'll do I'll just do this as my actual job I set up my website I set up shortly after that so that I could sell it online in a more kind of 
I would say formal way of selling where you don't put the price on your Instagram. People will have to click on the link and then find the price. Mm-hmm. But I do find if you want your work to be accessible and like available to a lot of people that maybe aren't art collectors, maybe they're just your neighbor that's yeah. literally like, oh, I've seen a really nice picture. Sometimes they just want to know the price. So I think it's important to get a balance where you're actually like, this is how yeah. much. For commissions, it's different because it's so neat. Like you don't know what people are going to ask for. But when you're selling an actual little painting or something i just like post the price on instagram now um that's how i do that side yeah so i do this for me it's very important to sell art to people that maybe aren't very pretentious they're just basically like my it would be my friends people that are very just do you know what i want a bit of original art in my house i don't know where to get it i think i think art's probably got that kind of like stereotype that people think that you have to be some sort of art guru who would go in and st- yeah. stare at a bit of abstract painting going and go oh i get the seasons i get love or when i'm just looking at it and going it's just a white bit of canvas there i can't see anything yeah. so like i like the fact that you take that approach because definitely for myself i've been i've been i went to like the picasso museum and i was just like that this is all garbage <laughs> that's the thing yeah that's the thing there's so many of my friends definitely do not like actually understand it but i think with a lot of I know this with a lot of small businesses and artists that I speak to every day on Instagram. I think we're all just aware that people, I actually do think a lot of it was COVID is that people were like, do you know what? I'm actually willing to shop small. I'm looking to like invest in local artists. It's been a mad, mad rush for supporting local artists. So it's been, (laughs) the past year has been a very good time for, you know, small businesses like mine. But will that continue? We hope so. You know, there has been that kind of drop where everyone's going out in summer, including myself. I'm stopping doing missions for three months to enjoy summer. But like, basically is there going to be the same kind of, oh, I want to buy a, a candle from a local business, you know? No, you'll just maybe get it out. There was a guy, there was an artist who was on uh, this morning and he was saying that, like, like COVID and, like, there's, there's essentially been a COVID boom. So do you think that's partly because people couldn't go to their local shop, they, they wouldn't go to, like, the range yeah. or TK Maxx and find a random bit of art? I know, I know it's that'll like, be one thing. I'm not judging those people that bought their, their art at the range, <laughs> but I am saying that I think I bought my art at the range so I could paint over it so that I could get canvases from that. That's how I, that's how I did it. But like I think there was a lot of um uh, social media presence booming around uh, March, April 2020, and it was like shop small shop small support your local business and honestly we were all doing i mean now think how often you actually do support your local business and you do shop small like it's crazy whereas let's be real before the pandemic we we really weren't doing that and i think it's now it's not your local business like the one that's around the corner it's your like what's on your feed on instagram and i think that's why social media has been massive for small businesses like mine in 2020 and hopefully continuing on i mean i've seen some artists you know start like less than i was like literally brand new set it up you know and within four months they've got like thousands of followers buying tons of stuff and now they've left their day jobs and they're doing i did the opposite i was like i am getting the money but i'm gonna go and get another job because i'm freaking out that this money is gonna run out (laughs) like there were some people that honestly have left their job and they're now doing their actual passion. I'm like, bloody love it. God love it. That's like some of the questions we got actually like from online where people were saying like, how did you take that? How did, like obviously like initially you did it um, 
Yeah, I didn't take the leap. Yeah. The leap to- took me. So, but that's like a good. That's a good thing because it's like <laughs> pu- it's pushed you to an avenue that has opened up this different world. Oh, um, it's mad! Um, the stuff that's come from it has been crazy. The the brand things and like some of the projects that I can't even I can't actually even talk about, which is actually really annoying because I really just I just want to share a lot of the stuff. But these there's opportunities that have come for me, like shoots that I've done, filming that I've done this year, and I'm like. Hell, that wouldn't have happened if I was sat behind my desk doing architecture. No way in hell. And I do think, obviously, a lot of it is to do with your personality, how you come across and all that. But it, but at the same time, I think a lot of it is just, like, COVID mm-hmm. for, for me and for a handful of other small businesses and artists. COVID has really pushed yeah. because you also had a lot more everyone let's be real everyone had a lot more time to sit on their phone like, right I, I was and... the exact same so like COVID, <laughs> uh, like, I, and like so I was the same I was like oh I'll go help my local business so I had like a wee um, coffee shop at the end of the road um, and it was called it was called Coffle and it, they, they started wait Coffle yeah and they, so cute. they started selling like vegetables and fruit and stuff and I was like oh I'll go buy some bread I went down I was like Oh, just a loaf of bread, please. And I was like, oh, I'm doing my good deed because like supporting this local business. And he's like, four quid. And I was like, Jesus, this is the last time I'm supporting this local <laughs> business. Yeah, but was it sourdough? Ah, it was sourdough, but I was just like, Jesus. And then the woman, the woman behind me was like, oh, can I get a carrot, please? And it was like a pound. There, honestly, I would pay four quid for a sourdough. Like that boom was mental. I mean, some of the things that got spenny in lockdown. Yeah, I, th- I think Coffee probably made more money like during lockdown (laughs) than they did in a normal year there's so many businesses i do think like we're just like thriving especially businesses now that have outdoor seating they're doing well but the ones that don't it's an absolute shocker like my a lot of my friends in hospitality i'm i actually can't get over how unfair that it's been on there and glasgow's really had it quite quite intense to be honest i mean I, i guess like what you were saying earlier um covid's almost inspired like the boom on social media that's inspire like small businesses do you think social media has been like the main area you had to focus to get like the business to come in like for your yeah i would say so 100 percent. but i didn't actually um mind that and it didn't feel like work and i think when it starts to feel when social media starts to feel like work i think definitely take some time away there's a lot of artists i speak to that are like oh my god i can't post every day i can't keep yeah. up and i'm like just don't do Intense. it don't do it i en- i actually enjoy it i love going on Instagram, um, you know, I have a two-hour limit on Instagram, right? I, I have a, an hour limit, but I just, go, I just, it? I just go. Uh, you know, the wee option where you can ignore it. Remind me. Yeah, remind me. Fifteen, fifteen, yeah, fifteen, you, fifteen. You have to be strict with yeah. yourself. You have to see when you see that for the seventh time, you got to get the hair <laughs> off. But like, I do find that there, you know, I'm okay. I'm very fortunate, and and my mental health has actually been like fairly like. It hasn't taken a massive hit in terms of like social media and the pandemic, but I do know a lot of people that are like, I can't face it, I can't go on it. And I'm like, right, don't go on it. Like, you, you don't have to. But as Instagram goes, they want you to keep posting every day. And the minute you don't post for after four days, which I did like literally twice last last week, twice, just you don't get any engagement. So no one sees you, no one finds you, no one follows you. And you literally go right back down to the, the bottom of someone's feed. And it's just so bad the way that it's constructed mm. but equally it's addictive and everyone laughs it's designed that way it. to keep you on it isn't it it's designed that way to keep yeah. you posting and it's just yeah it's designed that you have to like stop and look at a post for a certain amount of time and like i didn't have a clue i wasn't big on instagram whatsoever before um 
2020 like I genuinely even my personal I didn't I really didn't it wasn't a big thing for me um because I was at Dundee uni and everything was quite chilled I knew everyone in real life because it was bloody so small so I didn't need insta and then when I started this I was so new to it all but I do have a lot of respect for people that have actually managed to like become famous essentially I'm like how the fuck have you done that mental See for them, um, see for folks. So there obviously there's loads of folks trying to obviously start a small business online. They're now trying to make a bit of money on the side and with the dream of maybe making it one day their main income. How did mm-hmm. you get that following? Because I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Is they they've got the product, they go online, and then they just flatline. Which we I find quite hard with even our try to promote the podcast and stuff, especially to start when you've only got. 10 people following you what was your breakthrough how did you get that following um so yeah i I literally started the instagram just before the pandemic uh i was doing life drawing classes so i was literally just posting like a little bit of architecture a little bit of life drawing it was pretty mundane stuff like really nice to look at if you appreciate it but it was all black and white Hmm. and it was all maybe not shot that well the photographs weren't that great quality i wasn't really caring that much it was more just a log for myself a lot of my friends family had been like just start our instagram and i was like okay no one's gonna follow it whatever so then i would say up until the pandemic around about march 2020 i wasn't taking it seriously like at all i just like you know you post once or twice a week if that honestly and what you're Mm -hmm. posting isn't necessarily great quality I wasn't necessarily using the right hashtags and whatever, right? And then I think what the kind of sudden kind of motivation was, was the realisation of like, who do I follow? What do I like? And I like, you know, portrait photos. You know, I don't like squares. It's just a preference. But like, I like something that takes up my full phone screen. This is just what I like. And um, I started to like take proper solid photos, good quality, the best quality you can take with whatever phone you have at the point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got like a SLR camera, if you actually have it, use it, you know, take the best quality thing, video content, time lapses, things like that. Just things that basically engage people and people see them. Yeah. Hashtag out your nut and don't stop until you win, right? <laughs> don't stop. They tell you now your insights. You can figure out, you can think about it. I don't spend a lot of time doing that as I'm only on two hours a day because I'm like, it has to be quite fast. But then also following a lot of um, artists, following who they, you know, happen to follow, you know, you get like a bit, there's actually a community now and I literally like feel like I know these people, I've never met them in my life. Um, I drew Ashley Graham, uh, the... Uh, she was the plus size model but she's honestly she's stunning right and i drew her i've actually got it in front of me there it was a like a3 painting of her torso area just from an instagram post that she'd done and i just Mm -hmm. uploaded it um again i'd uploaded it before and hadn't even i don't even think i tagged her in it and then i uploaded it this time i added her in it and uh, i did a lot of hashtags and then i literally went on to her picture she had posted which was what i drew from and i just commented i just went by the way i just painted this pure check it out and then, uh, <laughs> and then she she had, i went off my phone for 51 minutes because i know that because i literally was freaking out i went off my phone for 51 minutes uh i came back on and i was like oh something's happened here like something big's happened because i had so many phone i couldn't even exp- explain it. it was it was like it was like my phone blew up and she shared it to nine million people and wow. i had, i literally i literally myself i was like what the f- 
heck has happened right now? This is mental. And she had commented on it twice. And I was like, oh my God, my life's complete. And actually, I would say that did kickstart something. Because when you get, and I started getting, you know, commissions from West Coast in America. Before I was just getting, you know, East Coast, but then West Coast joined in. And then once they were in, it was like, I kind of got that bit of the US that I was like, I wasn't reaching before. Um, that kind of did an upward trajectory. And then as I say, they changed the algorithm on Instagram. It's, it's quite good that you're able to like have that, like almost like detachment from it. Because I, I, can, I can see how you could become quite obsessed with trying to get the engagement, get the followers, get the likes. I, I can, I can, that could overtake your life. It's 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 now not obsessive, but it's become very routine for me. So if I miss like, if I post, you know, every day ish, right? I'm like, that's fine. I've done my job for the day, yeah, yeah. for for the business. Um, but if I forget to do that, I'm like, Shit, I've let the business down, and it's not an obsession. It's a that's actually just how to keep your engagement up. And I would say that to anyone that's trying to grow it is good quality beautiful pictures or videos every day once yeah. a day give yeah. the people what they want just give them a what daily they basis, want yeah. and if they don't want it they won't damn follow you and that's all you need to know this is good i think we need we need this <laughs> we advice. need this advice yeah like yeah. struggling I, I basically i've taken a step back from instagram because i'm so tired of chasing instagram seems day. to be the one right now but what if it's not do you know what i mean like it might change and it might i mean we've got nothing else anywhere else tiktok we just have to have loads of tiktoks Get your asses on TikTok. That's where it's we at. Are, My sister's I, seventeen are. and she's obsessed with TikTok. To be fair, I'm quite. I'm. 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 Zephy's obsessed. I'm. I'm obsessed with TikTok. <laughs> so I don't blame it. It's just like the kind of like constant scroll to watch everyone dance. I deleted it, but I I deleted it for like the right reasons, and now I'm kind of like mm, maybe I should get on that. And a lot of people have said get on TikTok. It'll really promote the business. But like I've just got so I've actually honestly just got so much on. That I'm like to add another thing to it. I've got the website. Yeah. Thing. It's yeah. quite difficult, like balancing like a like a nine to six job oh and then God. your own I... your own kind of like yeah. personal job. That's right, difficult. So like what would be your next steps? Like do you do you envisage yourself in the future having a shop that no. you sell your art from? Or no. do you want to continue this kind of like side kind of hustle and you kind of are able to sell these paintings add-ins when you want and do your own commissions? Yeah, I see a I I know what you I know what you mean, but I see a lot of people that are like, you know, would you want to sell it, you know, at a gallery or in a shop? Yeah. And I'm like, that's not actually my intention here. I'm doing it because in the evenings I don't actually watch TV. I don't really like I'll if I'm on Netflix, right? It's in the background. I'm not. Mm, I literally yeah. cannot sit and watch something, and it's not because like I have attention deficit or whatever. I actually just choose not to. So basically, I'm sitting there and say it was say it got to six p.m. and I finished work and like yeah, you went for a walk or you saw a friend. When you get back in, you still got three or four or five hours maybe of the night. I do it for me as a. I would almost say as like it's not therapy. Mm. No, it's not. You're kind of winding down, like, you know, yeah. like just. No, because some, and... oh my God, because some of the time I finish at six and I'm like, fuck, I got a lot to do. I got to work out as well. And yeah, I've got to, like, you know, get two yeah. commissions out the door by next week, you know, because otherwise you fall behind and all that. But no, I think for me, I my aim is to continue enjoying it. There was two periods in lockdown where I didn't enjoy it. And I was like, I actually am I'm abandoning ship. And it's just people have to just be like, by the way, you're just going through like a bit of yeah. a phase that you'll be fine. But see, I think in the evenings I'm like 
having a good time I'm selling my work I'm making money from it you know enough money that I can enjoy myself that's kind of the goal right now getting bigger deals with bigger companies and brands continue going in that direction wouldn't like go down the direction of like taking pictures in clothes because I'm not that isn't my that's not the brand is it um but open Mm. to kind of like drawing creating stuff like I just did a commission for a really big um brand and they asked me to do something that I hadn't done before. And I was like, right, well, I'll give it a go. And then I'm like, right, it's stuff like that. So that's what I would like to continue doing. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm the right artist to open, you know, get a gallery and get people come in. I'm, I'm definitely more commercial than that. And I think as much as I am a talented artist, I haven't found my style yet. I am still finding it. But when I do find it, you'll find me in a gallery at that point. <laughs> that's quite a nice, like, plan or, like, to have that aspiration yeah, to, to, to know exactly where you are right now and have the flexibility that you can kind of balance both and it's not a burden it's more of an enjoyment a kind of way that you relax as yeah a, a, like on and a, i think a night. it becomes a burden and i do give advice to because i know a couple of my friends that are listening to this have a small business i have said to them i'm like why don't you take a little bit of time away from it and if you actually want to join back onto it in, in your little business, your side project, whatever it is, if it's their main project, then give it your everything. You know, I have to put in, you have to put in a lot of hours here. <laughs> People put so much pressure on themselves, I think, is the problem. Like, they, they, they maybe get, so, like, my, my parents were, like, self-employed, and I think they put so much pressure on themselves. Like, What did they do? So they were restaurant owners, but they owned like wow. loads of different types of businesses. So it wasn't okay. just restaurants. It was restaurants laterally, but like mm-hmm. before that, they had like my dad literally tried every business, and my, my sister's quite like that. So she's bought um, those cryptocurrency machines that you mine. Yeah. <laughs> like so, she's mining her own cryptocurrency. You're not bad. You never yeah. know. Yeah, you never know. But like so, like I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself to succeed, and so like if you don't see like instant success, you oh, might yes. get that. You might get like a little bit disheartened. But like, like when you leave, if you see a lull as well, yeah, if you see any lulls in what you're doing, but yeah. the, the, the kind which of I'm in right now, if we're talking in terms of like growth, like I wouldn't necessarily say I'm getting like a lot bigger right now, but I think you have to not be like disheartened. Yeah. And if you yeah. are, and if your goal is just to, I don't know, get numbers on Instagram or something like that, then you're missing everything. But like, yeah. do do what it is. If you if people can tell online that you're good at what you do, or you're actually trying, or putting an effort, or like you're naturally good at something or whatever, then they'll just want to like see you go and grow. But I think if you're just trying to create to create, well, it's actually weird because there are some people that are actually creating just to create content, just to you know let an audience see what they're up to and they're not actually pushing a product they're not trying to sell something they're actually just like creating beautiful content for you to see and and so it it, it does vary actually the uh, difference is whether you enjoy it yeah totally. actually i think it. if you're passionate about something people see that and like they're buying into you mm. because you're enjoying it and you're just doing it for your love rather yeah. than doing it to sell for the numbers and, yeah and that I think that comes across a lot. Like so, like I think the, a, a classic example is like the people like who maybe go on Love Island, for example, on Instagram. You can see they're doing it just to make money rather than their passion for it. So oh, they, well, I don't blame them. I'm like, yeah, no, like on. of course, give, like, it, give it a damn go. You can make so much money off it, like, but like, yeah. there's almost like a, a a crossroads where you see when when people do better often when they are 
doing what they love and you can yeah. see that and you, you it inspires people to follow it and enjoy it i i agree i think if i was doing architecture right this second you'd be able to tell that i wasn't enjoying it and i would probably if i joined a job doing like architecture like as an architect in last year i probably would have like left it and then pursued the art anyway but the fact that i'm double arting i'm doing art during the day and art mm. in the night you have to be so careful not to start hating it but yeah. i don't think i don't think that, that that's going to happen i am taking i said earlier i'm taking 3 months off in summer from my personal like um, commissions just basically commissions so that i can actually start exploring you know some paintings that maybe i want to do yeah because there's good. a lot right. that yeah you want to tap into and you don't have time so i've stopped the commissions because obviously i don't need that income coming in at this point so you can actually it takes the pressure a wee bit away from you so because you have the job on the side um, oh my god yeah because yeah. see the idea of like finishing up your day job right and you know that you've got like 16 commissions before the end of the month you're like i actually have no time to myself and i i love a party right i'm a partier i love the weekends okay so when it comes to friday all the way through <laughs> to sunday i'm not do, i'm not trying to do like commission work it was easy in lockdown yeah, everything yeah, was easier for some people that were not distracted by going out and you know socializing and whatever so so you'll love living in London then? London. Oh my God, it's going to be chaotic. I can't wait. I fly down next Friday and I'm not, I I mean, I was going to say I'm not coming back, but I will because I can't get enough. Is that, are you officially moving down then? Yeah, yeah. I've got a flat and I'm moving down, um, yeah, Friday. That, next that'd Friday. be amazing. That's like, our, 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 one of our friends lived there and he never shuts up about it, to be fair. Yeah, you can be those people that are like, oh, I live in London. But like, I honestly just, I, I needed to get down. I've been trying to escape Scotland since I was literally 17. And I, I didn't want to like stay, but I just, I fell into kind of doing architecture at Dundee. And then I was like, all right. And I did, lived in Washington, DC. And I was like, I'm going to move back. And then I tried with New York, got KB from there. So then I was like, <laughs> right, I'll go to London. Next best thing. It's funny when you say KB, it just reminds me of a, a another age because we used to. This is embarrassing, but oh we, no, that's KB was because you not you get kicked back. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So we we used to we used to call ourselves the KB crew because we never got in clubs when we were eighteen. <laughs> wow, you guys are the coolest. What clubs were you trying? It's to really get? hard to get a club in Glasgow when you're an eighteen-year-old boy and you look. Yeah, 10. when you're an eighteen-year-old boy, it's not the same. But when you're a fifteen-year-old girl, they're like, "Get the hell out!" Yeah, it's mental. Um, that was the life I was living. Yeah, well. Because we, we were a group of 11, so we just have to like merge in between groups oh, of girls. Oh, 11, 18-year-old boys. Aye, God. Never getting in. So we were called the KB. <laughs> you got to split up, guys. We were called the KB crew. I'd put um, that shirt on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my friends had like, uh, he was older looking. He had the passport and he memorized the passport number. It was like someone else's he was borrowing because when he was 17. And he used to memorize the passport number and like like the bouncer would expect you to know your passport number. Oh, it's like when they're like, yeah, tell me when you passed your driving test. And it's like, I don't fucking know when I passed my driving test. Yeah. You just got to get rowdy with them. But you guys, uh, guys can't. Like, you don't have... The KB crew couldn't get rowdy. You guys had to be very well behaved. You have to be so polite and like try and be so nice. You were like, anything you say, bouncer, yeah. sir. Wearing like smart shoes for suits and stuff. Like, what's that about? <laughs> and then when you get older, like it's so crazy because like you would just walk up and you're you're just wearing like scruffy trainers that aren't even tied and, they just, and you go and you're like, really? All right, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Am I that old? Yeah. Jesus. You're like, this place has gone down. <laughs> no, it's just my age. It's gone downhill. Um, <laughs> But I think that's quite a good place to kind of uh, close off. I think it's been quite nice to like talk about your experience of developing your business and like 
the, the, the peaks and the troughs and like the different elements that you've seen and like from social media aspect because like we have seen that kind of firsthand on like the podcast side of like uh, for social media and that was really interesting and to see see like lots of stuff you're saying I was just thinking this is exactly how I feel about the podcast like if you're in a lull or you haven't it worked so hard on the social media so yeah yeah so like thank you very much for coming on well, I'm glad I could give you guys some advice on the old social media and <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me I really enjoyed it it's fun so we've got like a bit of a tradition um and I Ooh. never know as cringy but I make everybody uh whisper goodbye <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's, it's just a, any context. Should I start whispering? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. She's on board already. Um, it's like a we. I don't know. It just developed because I think we we were really new to this and um, we didn't know how to sign. We off. We didn't know how to sign off. So now we just whisper. So, uh, guys, that's a bit creepy. Yeah. Well, we'll go for that vibe. You're telling us. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll start. But um, thank you for having uh, for coming on. Um, so bye bye. Bye. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. Wow.